0: Back with you here on the Unsanctioned Citizen podcast. I just wanted to remind everyone that there's a there's a man named Anthony Fauci, and uh, he's done quite a lot of significant work during the pandemic as kind of one of our flip flopping architects of rules and regulations to wear a mask, to not wear a mask, for children to wear a mask for children to not wear a mask, to take the vaccine, to not take the vaccine, to take a ba- take a booster, to wait to take a booster, to take three boosters, go back to not taking a booster, and so forth, and so on. And so, it just so happens that I had lost absolute and complete and other faith in Seattle. So I moved. I moved away. and uh, And since then I've been doing quite a bit of bad-mouthing on this program about the crappy governance that they represent and the crappy decisions that they make on a routine basis with other people's money and other people's resources. Um, I just want to break in and, and say before I say what I'm going to say about Fauci in Seattle that uh, Justin Trudeau, who's a, who's a regular villain featured on this program in the, in the, the Wanted sign you know, in the post office slip, you know, the, the criminal profile, that guy, Justin Trudeau, he's pushing for a global tax um, of the West and everyone else who isn't his country um, so that we can all pay for China's pandemic together. Yay! You're full of crap, Justin Trudeau. And as long as I have an open mic, I'm going to say... You're bad for America. So, um, so that being said, I'm going to continue. So, here's how I spent my afternoon. After, But let me get to the headline, which is that uh, he threw the opening pitch, Fauci did. And this is sourced from Sky News via Alex. Oh my God. What is wrong with me? Alex Berenson. Yeah, he uh, he made sure to, to tell us all that, that Fauci had thrown, a, thrown the opening pitch for a Mariners game. And if you want to subscribe to his blog on Substack, now's a great time to do it. If you want to pay for it, now's a good time to do it too. Um, anyways, Sky News did the report. They had the audio, everything. And it was it was glorious. People at the Seattle Mariners games heaping booze upon, you know, our Pope icon, Anthony Fauci. So I'm going to try to invite some more people to the show. Let's see if they'll forgive me for being boring. Um, let me see. Thomas is here. Let's see if he'll he'll forgive me for being boring. But, um... Anyways, that that's a that's a sea change because I remember right around the time that I was leaving, considering leaving, that they were doing passports and drinking Trudeau's Kool Aid and you know really really going along with a lot of you know stick and carrots and trying to shame everybody into to take in their medicine. And especially when it didn't work, when they knew it didn't work and it, there were questions about where it was sourced. Some people had objections to the fact that it used um, stem cells from, from fetuses that, that were aborted. They had concerns about that and they wanted to turn it on the vaccine for that reason. And maybe maybe not all vaccines had it, but at least one did have a source either for research or for Dissemination of, of aborted fetus, fetal tissue or fetal cells, stem cells to manufacture the vaccine, and once that was discovered, um, they they just said, nah, we'll we'll pass, we'll pass. So, which is, I could see that if you if you really didn't want the vaccine for a variety of reasons, meaning that you know maybe your your doctor made a recommendation that you shouldn't take it based on your previous history for other reasons something in the vaccine, uh, either genetically, you know, because it's an mRNA vaccine, would have tampered with the, your particular, you know, sea <laughs> in your bloodstream, probably wouldn't have been a good idea. Anyways, so I wanted to indicate that if not everybody was able to take the vaccine, now would be a good time to run the PSA, just in case I forgot.
1: Hello everyone, this is Sheila, host of the Unsanctioned Citizen and That AI Show. I wanted to share a little bit about the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program as part of the HRSA. If you or someone you know is suffering from the lasting effects of an illness or disability symptoms after taking a vaccine, please contact the Health Resources and Services Administration to learn more about the resources available to you that could help you and many others. For claims associated with the COVID-19 vaccine or other COVID-19-related countermeasures, please file your request for benefits with the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program. Please visit injurycompensation.hrsa.gov to learn more and tell a friend.
0: Okay, so that's done. Uh, we did our duty and I, I wanted to at least indicate that so how I spent the majority of my afternoon after last night's interesting 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 discussion um, Kind of explaining to yo dum-dum here why we have an un a, a Non-filter and no filtration system that basically aggrandizes the, the astronomical wealth of the Mexican Sinaloa, Sinaloa and PNG and uh, Chinese triad cartels in North America. It, the reason why this is happening is because <clears throat> is because the Aspen class has decided that immigration is better for the economy unchecked immigration any immigration because they suddenly woke up and said oh my god there's not enough native American native native-born American people native native US citizens being manufactured there's not enough babies that were made they apparently women stopped making babies in America they, they just said nah, we're gonna we're gonna scale back after 2007 now there are a variety of reasons. They they did indicate that the recession was a reason not to breed. Yeah, I would say not having money and not having a consistent income, being on the verge of homelessness, moving back in with your parents when you're 35 for a place to live because the economy's crap, and not wanting to bring a child into a world or an American society where you have mass surveillance where your rights are depressed, where your government uh, represents torture and lying and, you know, various acts of mass hysteria overt threats to, you know, nobody wants to seem to acknowledge that. They don't want to say or cop to the fact that, you know, they've made life in America kind of unfair and depressive. Um, that our leadership has not been optimal you know that, that we're, we're really not a trustworthy people so you know the people who who bring people into the world namely women uh, who are just saying like okay well you know I'm not trusted I'm not a trusted person I can't have a private life anymore because you know robo Skynet Is going to be watching every damn thing I do and I have to use a computer now they made it so I have to use a computer for everything everything be in my phone everything be on my computer so it's really kind of not a good world to want to bring kids into you know I know I personally have felt that you know like I don't really feel good about bringing a young person a small tot into this world because of the uncontrolled outcomes and uh, the rando way that anyone can become criminalized for anything and nothing. Um, even though we have laws, they're, they're inadequately or disparately enforced by weird people in charge like these DAs. If you live in a leftist town you're like oh I wanted to do something creative with my life so I'm gonna to move to California or a blue state blah 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 so a lot of people did that uh, I was probably one of them and that's how I met my my would-be spouse my common-law husband of like nearly 15 years and uh, but we have no kids and that's one of the reasons we just don't know what's gonna happen and so there's been a lot of turmoil and You know, you never know where the autocracy is really going to come from either. You know, sometimes it's got uh, the face of the, you know, conservative religious right. And sometimes it has this, like, batshit leftist, you know, Antifa black bloc. And sometimes they kind of merge a little bit. And so they look like kind of, you know, heinous militant, you know, You don't know what you did wrong. You're just the wrong guy. You're just bad. You're bad because you're you're the wrong person. So, you know, that's a crazy place to try to put your trust in society, that they'll bring your kids to education or not harm. Like, I'm not saying that they'll put rat poison in the school lunches, but almost... Almost. I mean, I have seen some of the things that have happened to parents just recently, and I'm like, yep, yep, made the greatest, bestest choice. Made the greatest, bestest choice not to make babies after 2007. So when the Aspen economist, economics professor from Maryland said, I don't think women are going to change their view on this. No, I don't think anything's going to change very much about native-born U.S. women feeling okay about bringing babies into American society. You know, I'm surprised that they're not talking more about this, because they don't want to admit that they engineered a society that sucks, a society that's over-dependent on, you know, tech wealth that doesn't, you know, creates a serfdom. And where they, they deprecated the, the monetary existence of people who have to work for a living in America. They outsourced all the jobs, and I'll just say it as concisely as I can. I, said, I think the one problem with the current Aspen cash of neoliberalists, globalists, and geoengineers and financiers is they made a habit of devaluing the U.S. native workforce by outsourcing too many mandates and high-handed policy from an isolated class of PRC deferential economists. Okay, and so these are people who are like, "What? wah, we're just going to give China whatever they want because corporate. <laughs> and so it was really a huge revolution today for me to sit on my sore duff, after working really hard this week, by the way, and I went to work I, I went back into the into the work yeoman workforce okay and I'm I'm happy and proud to say that I did because they're all belly aching that there's not any nobody wants to come to work
1: wah wah wah
0: nobody wants to come to work and have you made it worth their while no you've Increased costs and you've deprecated wages. Why should they want to come work for you? You told them that you know they're not good enough to work for you. You'd rather have cheaper labor labor that will drive down their wages coming from wherever. And so there was the highfalutin idea that it's like, okay, well, we're just going to go to these remote areas and create war and chaos so that it drives people into into the American state. I think that there would be, always be a fair argument for immigration, but the way that they're, they're ambushing this economy to kind of make up for their bad acting and prior Economic cycle shows me that these are not people who are worthy to be in charge at any length of time. Their short term calculations over a period of 15, 17, 20 years has turned out to be garbage. Garbage. You know why? Because there's no long term policy and what they're generating. And they haven't thought past the length of their nose about what the next financial outcome is. They turn over a buck, and that's the end of it. They're, they're Martin Shkreli who didn't get caught and didn't go to prison. That's who they are. And then they 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 find ways to pay people who stroke them, to give them ideas, but they're still isolated from reality, and they're isolated from the people that they they say that they... Don't really need. So they want to emulate our values. And so that's going to kick me into this Ai Weiwei interview. Okay, so Ai Weiwei has enjoyed an existence that most people never will. What he is doing is he's in self exile from PRC mainland China in Portugal. That's where he is. And he did an interview with somebody on Bloomberg Week. And, you know, it was, a, it was a really great interview because I didn't know what had happened to him. I was actually really kind of curious about it. Naya Weiwei is essentially an art, artist and dissident from China. He did a wonderful documentary about five, six years ago that was super educational for me about what it's like to do any type of public activism in China and get anywhere with an initiative. So he represented um, the names of people who had died as a result of faulty, uh, crappy engineering, just what he called tofu construction. And these people were basically walking down the street and the street would cave in and kill like 15 people instantly. And that was buildings and, uh, I think there was um, a school suddenly collapsed because there was irresponsible state s- construction of the schools. So you know, communism absolutely can't get it wrong, and he's physical evidence. I feel like I need a slide of him, like a hey, I way way how communism got it wrong. Amen. It's true because. He spent his childhood in a hole in Xinjiang province with his dad for being an intellectual. His father was in a hole, lived in a hole with his mom underground for the crime of writing poetry in China, dissident poetry, poetry that didn't agree with Mao. And because of this, he lived in a hole. And that's how he spent his childhood with his dad, and now he is a father, and so he doesn't want his child to experience any type of authoritarianism at that caliber, frame rate, volatility, you know, succession. He doesn't. He doesn't want it to succeed in perpetuity. I mean, they took Hong Kong, and now they're aiming their they're aiming their their guns. And the resources at Taiwan because they want to rebalance this, this uh, I don't know, this fascist cash of whatever they've got going with the West. And so, one of the criticisms or one of the critiques that I'm pulling out of this is that Ai Weiwei is kind of mopping everybody with a, a brush of disappointment. He's really, really disappointed with the West for, for not. Curbing the power of corporations to to do business with an unethical China, with Xinjiang China, the the Uyghur genocidal China, that you know I will heap criticism on on them all day, but will it make Nike not not make shoes and wherever they're making shoes with slave labor? No, no, it won't, because Nike's not going to listen to me. They're not going to listen to Antifa either, but they're not going to listen to me. Um, and it's not a crime to do that, and we haven't sanctioned China for the genocide. Now, when Trump was in office, that could have happened. We could we could have done that. But we allowed a lot of kind of insane things to prevail. Um, and there is unfinished business. Now, I can forgive Trump. For I have said this in the past, I can forgive Trump for unfinished business, but there is more than just Trump out there. There's a lot of people who are true believers in Trump and they want Trump to be the answer to all our problems. I know that he's not because when he was in power, he wasn't then and he won't be next time. So people need to assume some responsibility, uh, for the hypocrisies going around on around them. Uh, and apply themselves to to doing something something in the range of what they something to, something to the tune of what they can do and i think that that is what activism actually is and when i spend time working with other activists on you know who who they want change they want reform we all want a different type of reform but what we spend our time doing is we apply ourselves in ways that are individual in action. And he said something really important, which was that I do this because I am surviving an authoritarian regime. You know, like, I don't get a choice in whether or not to be an activist at this point. I need to fight to survive. And so a lot of people are in that space. When they get into a place where they're in a hard knows conflict with the state they're not really experiencing it from a a place of like luxury where they're you know trustafarians and you know they're just angry at dad for not being around because he was working too much. No, it's not that you know I'm a you know neglected rich kid who's also a narcissist. no, it's not that now activism comes from a place where there is desperation or unique knowledge that there is something something really bad something really amiss going on and then if I don't do something I won't be able to sleep at night I will lose what I have or something really bad is going to happen to me or my family or it has happened to me or my family so the other class of people who you know, Ai Weiwei fits into is the people who have been injured by the state or injured by a large machine, a huge mechanized machine that that has, you know, created some sort of, you know, they didn't want to be in the way of this machine. They didn't ask for any crap from this machine. It the machine just kind of happened to them, and limbs were lost, lives were lost, careers and 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 futures were lost as a result of, of what this bad machine did so then the birth of the activist then the birth of the activist so the person that comes out of that transformation is somebody who's really motivated and um, you can't insult them out of anything with you know false pride or uh, you know being an asshole or you know taking their money away or you know there's nothing you can really do to that person to really make them you know not act in a direction that's going to precipitate a, a change so um, they're not ideologues they're not like true believers they're not cult addicts they're not they're none of those people so true activists are people who have been through a lot they've been through something transformative and they're not gonna apologize for their perspective because you know it's earned experience you know and they'll listen they'll listen to other people because they're forced to but more than likely that they're going to find other people they're gonna work really hard to find other people that are like them to to understand their perspective and and to create a college of knowledge around this issue base whatever their issue base is and then they are going to help the public help the public by by donating some kind of labor free or paid to get that change so that's what a true activist is and does you know whether you like it or you don't like it where you think they're qualified or not whether they're political enough for, for you or not, or whether they subscribe to the right economy or not, they're gonna go do it. That's what they are, and that's what I am. So I piss off a lot of people who expect me to like, kind of, you know, roll the dough with them, and uh, you know, so you better do what I say, or I won't like you. That's that doesn't work anymore. That's juvenile high school, and once you've lost some real shit to a real machine, it doesn't matter anymore. You can't mean-girl your way out of activism. So, so that's why I have this show. I have this show because when somebody squats on your voice and someone treats you like you don't deserve what you have because you've already earned it, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, When someone gaslights you and pisses in your face for the 1500th time, it doesn't matter. You're a tank by then. You're galvanized. You are kind of... You're steel. And so they can shoot at you. You know, it might make a a few dents, but you're going to keep going. They might flip you over like a turtle one day, but you're going to, you know, hopefully there's some people in your life that are going to flip you right back over. And then you're just going to keep going. And you're going to continue to piss off people who want you to stop. They, They... you're interrupting their sanity because you're breaking. The, you're breaking their construction. The meaning of you breaks their construction. So you know there's no apology involved, and there won't be one given. So when you get people from the, I guess the culture, the culture shock police you know the people who were like I don't like what you said I'm gonna I'm gonna write a bad review about you online la, 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 la. keyboard warrior I'm going to be an anonymous coward and throw a dart at you and run away you know that's that's not something that stops true activism. You know, maybe you are disoriented by it, like, ah, this is going to be something I'm gonna have to deal with, but um, because other people are disturbed by it, not tonight, Jonathan. But I'm not going to to sit around and, and just take take hype from people who who don't have my problems, don't care about my problems, don't. You know, the, the worst problem they're having is finding enough gas to get to their, um, narcissistic appointment. Okay. That's, that's the top rung of what they're dealing with. And the problems that I am having are long-term, you know, non-negotiable, corrupt people who won't listen, and then kind of stepping on them on a repeated, you know, oh, okay, you know, and, and getting past insults. There's not enough insults. You think that I have to have a destroyed ego. It's already been destroyed. You can't kill somebody who's already dead. So that's where it's at. A true activist has been dead, 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 dead. They're a zombie in in an interesting and unique way that until someone actually takes their life, yanks them out of this planet and sends them to the great beyond for real, um, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. They're not criminals, but you're going to treat them like they're one. And they're aware of that, and they don't give a fuck. So thank you for listening. I was really glad to get that off of my chest. I feel like I have a real soul camaraderie with, with Ai Weiwei because he's an activist. Because he's an activist. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen podcast archives at Substack, Podomatic, iHeartRadio podcasts, and call in. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit SheilaMDean.com.